Hey there, my name is Katie and I'm part of the team here at Jane. You might be wondering, who is this Jane and why haven't we met before? Well, let me introduce you. Jane is an all-in-one practice management software designed to be helpful to you no matter how or where you practice. With Jane, you can book, chart, bill, and get paid all online. Head over to jane.app forward slash mental health to learn more about our mental health community's favorite features like one-on-one -on -one telehealth, online booking, and payment processing. All of these features were created to help you reduce your admin load and spend more time doing what you love, helping others. And for our Wellness Center Creators Podcast listeners, you can use the code wellness1mo at the time of sign up for one month grace period applied to your account. A little gift from us to you. Talk to you later. As health and wellness providers, we know that better patient outcomes require a whole person, multidisciplinary approach that we just can't provide on our own. That's why I've started the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. I'll be bringing you interviews with experts, tips, tricks, secrets, resources, systems, and solutions so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And creating your wellness center won't feel like starting over. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we have Nicole Laurent joining us. Nicole is my friend and colleague. Uh, we've known each other for several years at this point. Welcome, Nicole. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you. I love being here. <laughs> so Nicole has been a licensed mental health counselor in Washington State for over 15 years. Her current practice focuses on helping clients with anxiety, depression, and other mental health issues transition to a ketogenic diet or other nutritional therapies to treat their symptoms and complement their psychotherapy work. She holds specialized training, allowing her to work with underlying biological factors in mental illness and the implementation of ketogenic diets for psychiatric and neurological disorders. And in 2021, she created mentalhealthketo.com, which is a blog devoted to educating people about ketogenic diets for mental health and neurological issues. You can find her all over social media, spreading the good news about keto as a transformative option to achieve a healthy brain. So welcome again, Nicole. Uh, you're here to talk to us about ketogenic diets today and how it can impact our mental health. So Let's jump right in. How do ketogenic diets work? This is a big term we've been hearing lately. So let's make it less confusing. How do they work? Right. So the magic with ketogenic diets for mental illness and neurological disorders comes in the fact that they are actually molecular signaling bodies. So they don't just do one thing, they do many things that are of benefit to mental illness and neurological disorders. When I first started kind of getting into it and understanding more about it, you would read about ketones as these, it's a fuel, right? That people would talk about, I'm going to switch from burning mostly glucose for fuel into ketones for fuel. And ketogenic diets basically switch fuel sources to some degree so that the primary fuel is fatty acids, and those fatty acids get broken down into these little ketone bodies. And yes, there are certain parts of your brain 
that require glucose and you do store some glucose in your muscles and there's a little bit in your kidneys and that sort of thing, but your body can actually make all the glucose that it needs. It doesn't necessarily have to be a primary fuel source for the brain. And in fact, brains do not actually enjoy large amounts of blood sugar to float around in. It causes a lot of oxidative stress. It causes a lot of inflammation. And depending on the person, because as we talk about mental health and illness, as as you know, of course, it's about the individual and right. So some people might really feel like glucose is a fantastic fuel for their brain. And they might feel really good with it. But then there's people who have developed some insulin resistance at the blood brain barrier, and they cannot use glucose for fuel as well as they would like. And so they start to get symptoms of brain fog and mood disorders and that sort of thing. Because when a starving brain is a very distressed brain, if it can't get energy in, and it starts this kind of neurodegenerative cascade of things that happen. So you get the oxidative stress, you get the neuroinflammation. And neuroinflammation can happen, of course, from all kinds of things like leaky gut and a a constant uh, activated immune response in the brain with inflammatory cytokines and all that good stuff, right? And then in mental illness, we also see these neurotransmitter imbalances. And we also will see areas of brain hypometabolism. And hypometabolism is just a fancy word for low use of energy. So something is going wrong metabolically in the brain where it just cannot seem to use energy correctly or properly or well. And so, you know, I would read about these ketones and I'd be like, oh, that's interesting. They do these four things. They also do some other really amazing things like they upregulate brain derived neurotrophic factor, BDNF, which is huge, especially when you're dealing with mental illnesses that have poor, poor or abnormal connectivity between brain structures. They do some great stuff in the gut. So butyrate, um, one of the types of ketones is beta-hydroxybutyrate. And butyrate is a, a beautiful fuel for the gut. Leaky guts love butyrate. So it does a lot of really great things. So I was looking at these kind of these four factors and I'm like, you know, I know that some of those things go on in different mental illnesses and neurological disorders. Let me just kind of look at the literature. Let me pick panic disorder. I'm going to look up panic disorder and I'm going to see if if there's research that says there's brain hypometabolism, oxidative stress, neuroinflammation, and neurotransmitter imbalances. And sure enough, that particular mental illness has these things. I'm like, well, that's weird. Let me look some more. So then I started looking up kind of each one, kind of the main ones, you know, depression, OCD, social anxiety disorder, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder. And then I'm like, oh, wow, these are all here. Mild cognitive impairment, right? Like we're, we're looking at all this and I'm like, ah, okay. So this explains why there is so much anecdotal evidence where people are saying, this has really helped me. This has really helped improve my mental health. And it, it correlated with what I was seeing in practice also. And so I decided to start a blog about it. And I, and so that's, that's, those are just some of the ways that ketogenic diets can help uh, mental illness. And when, as I talk in this podcast, when I say mental illness, just hear neurological disorders too, because there really isn't a division between psychology and mental illness diagnosis and neurological disorders. Like it's one brain, 
Yeah. So I might say one over the other, but just hear the other thing I'm trying to say during the podcast. It'd be <laughs> great. Yeah. That's perfect. And it's really fascinating, right? All of the research and everything you're seeing in your practice. I wonder if you can describe, kind of break it down for people who don't really work in this terminology very often, right? Mm -hmm. Of if someone comes in with anxiety, they come in with depression, right? What do you see as the improvement? Like what, what actually changes for them in their day-to-day experience, right? Right, right. So I'll try to not go into the, because, because what you're talking about is from a biological perspective, you're talking about improved brain energy. You're talking about neurotransmitter balance, Mm -hmm. and you're talking about a brain that's finally able to heal itself and start to make repairs that couldn't before. And so that's what's happening biologically. But what I actually see in front of me, so like, let's say anxiety disorder, I have a client that has anxiety disorder. And when they come in and they sit across from me, or actually, I do telehealth. I guess they still sit across from me. But they <laughs> they sit across from me, and they are very overwhelmed. Like life is overwhelming, and any anything coming in at them feels like too much. And their psychology is very threat focused, right? Like mm-hmm. something something terrible is going to happen because of this, or I can't track how this is going to happen, and so therefore it's a threat, and I need to like plan ahead. Like there's a lot of different flavors of anxiety. I call them flavors, but you know, that's what they see. And there just isn't this sense of, I got this. There isn't this sense of, I'm going to be okay. And when I put people on ketogenic diets, what happens, I can't, I have to talk about what happens. What happens (laughs) is that I can't do it out of, you know, myself. But what happens is they make less of an excitatory neurotransmitter called glutamate and their, their brain is better. And so it's able to make more GABA. And GABA is a, is a uh, inhibitory neurotransmitter. And so they're finally, because their brain is getting healthier because of a ketogenic diet, they're finally able to start making GABA. And they're making GABA without the side effects that they would get if they were taking gabapentin and they were only hitting mm-hmm. one particular neurotransmitter pathway. Like they're not falling asleep at the wheel or anything. They've just got some GABA and their brain is keeping that in balance with the other neurotransmitters. And when you upregulate your GABA, you like the only way I can describe it is like you feel chill. You're like, yeah, yeah. life's coming at me. I got this, right? Mm-hmm. The resiliency of the client goes up exponentially. And then what I see that I get super excited about is, boy, I can challenge them way better in therapy. Like yeah. I can do yeah, really can, hard Yeah, they can CBT. actually get into the work of therapy yes. much yes. deeper. You mm-hmm. got to get that brain working if you want to be able to do good therapy work, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And so that brings us to a little bit more on ketogenic diet and the benefits of that sort of in relationship to medication therapy, right? Medication, mm-hmm. mental health medications is a very controversial topic, right, in our mm-hmm. field. And so what do you see as the benefits or, or ketogenic diet being superior to medication in some instances? Yeah, well, I would go so far and to be controversial and say most instances, right? So I don't know of any psychopharmacology 
that does those four things, reduces oxidative stress, reduces neuroinflammation to an appreciative level that they get consistent symptom reduction, balances neurotransmitters. So you can take a psychopharm product and it will attempt to, like, let's say it's a serotonin reptake inhibitor. Its job is to make your serotonin hang out in those synapses just a little bit longer so that you get a little more benefit from it. But if you've got nutritional deficiencies that are getting eaten up by brain inflammation, right? So the nutrients you have are just being used up to constantly deal with this like brush fire you've got going on in your head. You're not going to make enough serotonin to make a big difference hanging out in that synaptic cleft, right? And I also don't know of any psychopharm that improves brain hypometabolism, right? Yeah. So why wouldn't we say that this is a potentially superior therapy? to medication. Like they don't have anything like that. The other thing I feel really strongly about is that people have the right to know all of the ways that they can feel better. People deserve informed consent. And I don't know about you, but I see people struggling. There's a big percentage of people that are taking uh, medication for mental illness that they get side effects. Like the side effects are no joke. Who wants to feel flat emotionally? Who Mm -hmm. wants sexual side effects? Who wants to be on something that if they go to titrate down off it, they might have a a withdrawal syndrome. And there are, everyone's always surprised when I say that. No, really, you you can have trouble getting off this medication. Um, Absolutely. Like it's in the literature. It's in the literature. You know, they're like arguing with the with the pharma pharma companies about what to call it because one thing calls it an addictive withdrawal and and they don't want to call it that, right? It's like actually in the literature. So I just don't want to play the game anymore where I'm being told I have to tell people that they have one option and I'm going to get spanked if I don't suggest medication to them. I'm not doing that anymore. I just don't feel like it's an ethical stance. And so this, and there's probably other really great therapeutic options for depression and anxiety and neurological disorders that people have a right to hear about. This is my favorite one, right? Because I see such huge improvements with it. So this is the one I'm excited about, but others exist and people have the right to hear about them. I love that. Absolutely. So what are the most common conditions that can improve with a ketogenic diet? So anything where your brain is not happy, I see ketogenic diets working really, really well. Bipolar disorder is amazing with a ketogenic diet. So often with bipolar disorder, for example, you will, the mania symptoms will be well controlled with lithium or other, other medications, but the prodromal depressive symptoms are not well controlled, which is dangerous because if, if they fall into a depression, that's a, that's a huge suicide risk, right? And so these ketogenic diets work really well with those symptoms. And I have uh, bipolar patients that will stay on some of their medication, but need less of it because of their ketogenic diet. And then I have bipolar patients that only use the ketogenic diet and they feel, they seem to feel great. Um, I have used it with different types of anxiety disorders, OCD. I have used it for panic disorder. I have a client that uses it for social anxiety disorder. He's, he is, uh, five weeks in. And he has noted a big reduction in symptoms. So you can see, you can see an improvement quite right away, particularly. Well, you know, everyone, it's a big, it's a big lifestyle change. And so 
It depends how consistent they're able to be with it. Some people kind of fall off for a little while and it's a big, it's a big adjustment to, to get there. But for people who are suffering and in pain and like, I'll do the thing and they get really consistent with it. They, they tend to see a difference in about three weeks. Yeah. And then, and it just gets, it just seems to get improved. I pulled up some of the more recent studies. I can tell you where there's actual published peer reviewed research on it. Um, sure. If you're interested. That's yeah. I think our listeners to... would, would love to hear about that. Okay. So for bipolar two, there are two case reports uh, that found the ketogenic diet better than a mood stabilizer. With autism spectrum disorder, there's two case reports and three small studies that found substantial improvements in children. Um, schizophrenia is a big one. There's four papers about people with schizophrenia improving on ketogenic diets. And there are at least a couple of case studies where people got off antipsychotic medications by using a ketogenic diet to treat chronic lifelong schizophrenia. So those are good reading. Those are pretty amazing. And then Alzheimer's disease and mild cognitive impairment. There's a handful of kind of case reports and some small pilot studies showing some improvements on a ketogenic diet. I love using ketogenic diet when I have a client in front of me with just kind of brain fog and their their memory, their short-term memory is not good. They're walking into rooms a lot more, not remembering why they're there. Important things are starting to fall off the calendar because they forgot about them, that kind of stuff. So that doesn't surprise me at all that that that's uh, starting to come to the forefront. And then this is super controversial, binge eating disorder. Mm. So there's one paper that's been published about three people who decreased their binge eating from once to twice a day to zero times a week, and that those benefits were seen six months later. And I don't bring this up on the therapist groups because this is so controversial, like, because we are taught, I mean, there's a disconnect in between how we treat binge eating disorder from a psychological standpoint, where we're like, don't restrict anything, nothing's, you know, off the table, you just eat whatever. But yet we have this other side of the literature that shows that some foods will cause reactions in the brain that are very, very drug like, and that can increase binging behavior. And so there is not a marrying between nutritional biochemistry and psychology. And I don't know how to fix that. But I just want to put that on the listener's radar that that's a thing. Yeah, absolutely. It really is fascinating. And, you know, I've known you for a while now, and it's been so lovely just to watch you embark on this research and this sort of new phase of helping people and finding something that works for them. And it's been really amazing to watch and, and really foundationally, you know, it's, it's just reiterating that food is medicine, the mind and body are connected. And, and like you were saying earlier, we have more options than we're told a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to have these conversations. So I'm curious, you know, for our listeners out there, what would you recommend if they are interested in getting started with a ketogenic diet? You know, we have listeners from all over the country and Canada and other countries. So how would you advise them? What types of providers can they connect up with so that they're being guided in a an appropriate way in using this mm-hmm. as a treatment tool? Right. Well, there's some, ins- there's some ins and outs of using it for mental illness and neurological disorders. 
One of them is if you are on any type of medication for any type of blood sugar dysregulation, so any kind of diabetes, metformin, uh, you know, medication, or any type of hypertensive medication, you really have to talk to your prescriber first because this is a very powerful metabolic therapy and you can have low blood pressure or dangerously low blood sugar within three days. Like people go off insulin in a week doing yeah. ketogenic diets. So if you are in any type of that, you need to work with your prescriber. You need to have them on board. And if you don't have them on board, you can find another one. Reach out to me on my on my blog. I'll help you find another one. There's There's low carb informed physicians that will help you do this if it's what you want to do. If you are on psychiatric medications, there's a couple of different reasons you have to be a little bit careful. You have to make sure that you are working with a prescriber who is ready to help you titrate down on your medication or provide bridge medications should your symptoms worsen temporarily. Often that happens when you're not working with uh, someone who knows how to keep your brain energy nice and high while you're making that transition. Also, your brain works better on a ketogenic diet and suddenly your medication amounts will be too high and you will start to get side effects and you'll think, oh my gosh, it's this ketogenic diet. It's, I'm in bad shape. No, it's side effects from your medication that you no longer need. So you'll start to get those, those called potentiation effects. Um, and so you can look up ketogenic dietitian. LinkedIn, if you go on LinkedIn, you can look up ketogenic dietitian and they might be able to help you find someone also. That's a good resource. I have resources on my blog on the resources page about how to find someone. And yeah, it's you just kind of have to, you know, it's not the same when you go on the keto forums on Facebook, and they talk about low carb, high fat, this is not that. Now you might go low, low carb, high fat and reduce your blood sugar and get some benefit to your mental health. And that's fantastic. But that is not quite a ketogenic diet for mental health. It's a very specific type of intervention with lots of little nuances. And so yeah, you just find me, or you find a low carb informed doctor, they have some on dietdoctor.com. They have a provider list. They have low carb MD is another place where you can find low carb informed physicians and nurse practitioners. And uh, yeah, you just you look around until you find the person to help you. That's wonderful. All great resources. And then Nicole, if if people are local here in Vancouver, Washington, how can they find you? And if they're wanting to potentially get started with you, how do they do that? Well, I'm moving away from individual into more group stuff. But I, I still take a few kind of individual cases. So you can find me at mentalhealthketo.com. There is a contact form. That's the easiest way. And then I'm also looking, I'm looking to do some program research. So I want to use nutritional and functional psychiatry principles like I always do with the ketogenic diet and some nutrigenomics and some some fun some functional medicine stuff like that. And I want to pair that with some social supports and some psychological supports, right? Some therapy to help make those changes in people's lives. So I'm looking to speak to people who have recurrent or chronic brain fog, regardless of reason or diagnosis. And I'm looking to do some program research with that. So if anyone wants to contact me for that, that would be fantastic. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here, Nicole. It was great information. So glad to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. 
please visit our website at wellnesscentercreators.com for more show notes and additional episodes. Plus, if you do have time, please subscribe to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing the show. That will help other people find us. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time on the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. Podcast.